I'm going to ask my wonderful bride to come up with me today. Making her BBC C debut. No, not really. She did. She spoke a couple of years ago by herself. <laughs> One of my favorite things on a Sunday morning is that we get to start late every Sunday morning. Because you guys are having a great time fellowshipping. So sometimes I'm up here and I'm just watching and you guys greet each other. you got big smiles on your faces and you seem really happy and joyful. You're like a bunch of little joyful joyful elves, which is really good around Christmas time. Because you have claws to celebrate. <laughs> That's one of those moments that you can. <laughs> the other thing I like about Christmas time is that it allows me to use like... Some of my best puns ever. It gives me this great gift that I get to express to you. And here's, here's one for you. You know, talking about elves, elves, they have dirty laundry just like we do. And you know what they use for their, to clean their laundry? No, Yuletide. <laughs> got one person. <laughs> I got one person. <laughs> Let's pray because we're going to really need help, all right? <laughs> Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for expressing your love in so many ways. Through humor, through greeting one another, through fellowship, through your worship, and through the sharing of your word. Thank you that there is many expressions of your, of your love towards us. What we ask is that you will come now and, and you will speak through Christine and, and myself. That you will empty us of us. That you will... Express your words, your heart, your purposes, and your message today. For we need to hear from you. We need to hear your words. We need to know you in in a more and more deeper way. In every way imaginable, we need you. And we're grateful. We're so grateful that we get to come before you now and listen to you speak. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. This is a great experiment that we're trying to do with the husband and wife teams and spray, uh, to talk to you, uh, about these three wonderful women that are in the Christmas story. And it is wonderfully, this story is awesome. I, I, I love the story for many, many reasons. And I think these three women, obviously we, we touched on it, they, they get to, t- to tell us about how to receive a king and how to have our hearts in a, in a place to receive this king. And all three of them did in a special way. For, you know, for thousands of years, the, the nation of Israel was a, a nation that was dominated by many other nations. You, you had the, the Egyptians, you had the Syrians, you had the Babylonians, you, you had the Persians, and you had the Greeks. And now, during the time of Jesus, Roman is occupying the nation of Israel. It is a very difficult time to be a Jew. And to be a poor Jew is even more difficult during this time. And to be a pregnant woman during this time is extremely difficult. The birth rate is very low. It is... It is very dangerous to be a pregnant woman during this time. Many babies did not survive during this time. And so when you're talking about a birth of a child, it takes on a a whole new significance to these people. Under occupation, under the threat of death on, on many counts through poverty, through disease, through giving birth to a child. There are so many ways to die 
in this culture. But this is the culture that God uses. This is the moment that God uses to bring his son into the world. A very dark, trying time. A, a time where it is just dangerous to be born. Yet this is the time that he does it. And this is, this is a wonderful expression of how Jesus was meant to bring life on, on so many levels. And the incarnation is, is the gift that, that makes me think about giving. It is, it is the drive, the, the, the spirit of Christmas for me, is the incarnation. The, the expression of and the impartation of God into humanity is off the charts generosity of Father's heart. It is huge of God to have done this for us. It's immensely generous, lavish love that he does this. So I would like to read the story in Luke about Elizabeth. And we're going to start in uh, Luke 1. We're going to start in verse 26. No, we should start sooner than that. Sorry. Let's start in verse 18. I'll give you a moment to get there. You want me to start sooner? All right. Let's, let's start at 5. There's a lot of scripture to read, but this is really important. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. Of the division of Abijah, and he had his wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. I am going to skip down to verse 18, just, you know, we know this. Meanwhile, uh, Zechariah is about to get this very special guest. And Zechariah said to the angel, how can I know this? For I am old man. The angel has just told him, you're going to have a child. You're, you're going to have a child. And Zechariah is, is just blown away by this. And he says, I am an old man. I am, my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which were fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah and they were wondering about his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. They kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went home. And after these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived And for five months, she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked upon me to take away my reproach among people. Now, Gabriel goes in now and visits Mary and tells tells her the good news of who she's going to be birthing. But let's go back to Elizabeth. In 
in those days, in verse 39, and in those days Mary arose and she went to haste to the hill country to a town in Judah. This is 70 miles. This pregnant woman is going 70 miles to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And she entered to the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what he has spoken to her from the Lord. What do you see in this story, my love? Well, when I started praying about this and and writing things down, um, the first thing that I noticed, starting in, in Luke 1, in my Bible it says, In the time of Herod, once when Zechariah's division was on duty. Um, meanwhile, and then when the time of his service was completed, there was a lot of time. And I felt like the... The title of my sharing today is About Time, that there was a specific time when all this was supposed to happen. And so looking back through scripture in Ecclesiastes, where it talks of there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. And when you go through that, you know, some of the things are terrible, a time to die, a time to live, a time to tear down, a time to build up, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. So often we think of those activities and we look at them in a negative sense. You know, a time to refrain from embracing. Well, why wouldn't you hug me? You know, I want to hug. I want to kiss today. Why would you not kiss your wife? You know, it seems negative. But there's a time for... And there's a time to kiss. I'm just saying. (laughs) Sorry, Dusty. There's a fullness of time when things are supposed to happen. And scripture also says, Psalms 3115, that my times are in your hands, Lord. We need to know as his people that our times are in his hands. Back in that day, to be a barren woman was to pronounced that God's judgment was on you. She must have done something wrong, or they did something wrong that they didn't have a child. But scripture is really clear that they were completely upright in the eyes of God. Like he... God took the time to, to take that thought away from us. He addressed that doubt that might have been in the back of our minds. No, this was all set up because he had a time. Elizabeth couldn't get pregnant until Gabriel was going to go talk to Mary. There was a time. There was a sequence of things. So I appreciate that there's a very specific time for things to happen. And even the angel says to, to Zechariah, you're going to be silent. There's a time to be silent until my words come true at their proper time. And then he gets to speak again. It's not forever. And I think God 
puts that into the, the life of Elizabeth so perfectly to encourage us that whatever we're going through, it's just for a time. But it's a purposeful time as other things are being put into play that we can't see or know. And maybe we won't ever know what they are. But here it is all written out in scripture for us to encourage our hearts, to give us hope that even if we're walking through barrenness, if we're walking through silence, if we're walking through the other time that's mentioned in here, as soon as Elizabeth is pregnant, she goes into seclusion for five months. There's a time for seclusion. That sounds so negative to us. But it's not. It's purposeful. We don't know what God spoke to her in seclusion, but she was ready when Mary came through her door Mm -hmm. to bless Mary with this amazing proclamation. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. That was Mary's blessing. And that's our blessing. And we also have the blessing of being Elizabeth's in other people's lives. When we trust God's timing, if we're in seclusion, if we're in silence, then let's hear what God has to say to us so we can say that to the person that walks through the door. You know, blessed are you because you've believed that what God has said to you will be accomplished. What I find fascinating about that blessing is, uh, here is uh, Elizabeth, one of the first people in the, in the New Testament that is uh, spoken about, about being filled with the Spirit. You know, it's amazing, you know. And she speaks this great blessing over Mary. She could have been jealous, even though she already had a child in her womb. She still could have been jealous of Mary saying, you're, you're having a child younger and, and you have many years maybe that you can have more children. This is, this is probably it for me. This is probably a one-shot deal for me. And she could have been thinking all these things, but, but being filled with the Spirit and being a righteous woman, as the Bible says, she chooses to bless Mary in this most beautiful, powerful way, which fulfills all kinds of scriptures later on that she even hasn't been written yet about the older women blessing the yellow, younger women. And she takes this, uh, this mother approach to, to Mary, and she speaks this wonderful, wonderful blessing. And... I just think that's an amazing, amazing uh, attribute of this of Elizabeth. I, I think it shows her her trust in God. Yes. She trusts the Lord. So she's ready for the gift when it comes. She's ready to give the gift when it's time to give it. There's nothing, nothing blocking her way. I think it's also interesting to note that she is a descendant of Aaron. She was from the priestly line. She was set apart Mm -hmm. before birth also. And that's true of each and every one of us. We have been set apart for his purpose. So there's purpose in our times. They're not random. They are not an accident. They're not a mistake. But it's a... It's an act of faith on our part to believe that what God has said about us will come about. It will be accomplished. So so Elizabeth originally goes into seclusion for five months. I don't know about you, but that just sounds so nice to me. (laughs) In seclusion for five months. That must have caused people to talk in town also, you know. And yet, when the time came for Elizabeth to have a baby, friends and relatives heard the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. So there was a time for seclusion. There was a time to share joy. Um, 
this is how I see her life. There's a time for barrenness. It almost sounds wrong to say that as a Christian, but there is a time for barrenness in our life. So let's not be surprised about that, or let's not believe a lie that God's mad at us, or has rejected us, or that we've done something wrong. We trust in him. We're covered by the blood. We're his beloved. We're his, we're his priests and kings. We've been chosen. He chose us. He already knew everything about us. He didn't have to choose us. You know, if we were disqualified, he could have disqualified us. But he didn't. He qualified us through his son, Jesus. And we need to receive that king into our life and trust in it. But there is a time for barrenness. Then there's a time to be chosen. The lot was thrown and Zechariah was chosen to perform this priestly duty. That seems so random and so iffy. Really, God, you're, you're putting all your hope on, like, the dice? Mm. And that's not a problem for God. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have an issue with that. It's like, yep, the lot was, was thrown, and Zachariah was chosen for the priestly service. We have issues with that. We want things under control. We want to make our plan and have God show up at the right time and do what he's supposed to do because mm-hmm. we did A, B, C, and D. And he is not obligated to do that. In fact, here's proof that he delights in not doing that. (laughs) Elizabeth is older. She's not supposed to have children anymore. But now is the time. You know? Amen. So there's a time for barrenness. There's a time to be chosen. There's a time to be silent. Scripture already told us that Zechariah was blameless in the sight of God. And yet he doesn't believe Gabriel. Okay, so shut up. You don't get to talk anymore. Like the YouTube poops. You do not get to talk anymore. There's a time for silence. It was so important that this man speak God's truth. And he couldn't write then. So he doesn't get to speak. Then when he finally gets to open up his mouth, what he says is so powerful and so important. That time of silence was very fruitful. There's a time to be in seclusion. There's a time to be shown favor and end disgrace in the presence of friends and relatives. But just saying that means there's also a time when you may be not shown favor and in disgrace in the presence of friends and relatives. You know, Elizabeth was very many years a barren woman, and that's what she was referred to as. But then there's a time for that to end. There's a time to be safe, a safe haven for someone else who's afraid. Mary is all alone, and she's been given this message from God. And who does she run to? Elizabeth, who's a safe haven, who is filled with the Holy Spirit, who does see it from God's perspective. What a perfect incubator Mm -hmm. for the life that's growing inside of Mary. There's a time to rejoice, there's a time to make proclamations, and there's a time to share joy. And all of those times come in all of our lives as we receive our king Amen. and are prepared to receive the king. Amen. You know, I think the time that uh, Zechariah was uh, quiet, I think, I, I, think, I think Elizabeth had a lot to say during that time to him, to her husband. And I, and I say that in a, in a good way, that there was times that... The, it's not recorded here, but they, they seem 
in the few scriptures there to be a couple that loves each other desperately. You know, uh, he wasn't a high-ranking priest. He was one of the ordinary guys that got his turn to go into the temple from a certain schedule. You know, and she was just this faithful, loving, righteous woman. And God picked these people to be the parents of John the Baptist. The, the messenger to herald Jesus. And, and to me it's fascinating that, uh, that these two people... And then Elizabeth, she goes into seclusion. She, she goes and separates herself, in her, which a priest would do. You know, they would go into seclusion to purify themselves, to connect with God on a deeper level. And it seems to me that during this time of her seclusion and Zechariah's silence, God was speaking loudly to them, you know, during those times. And it speaks to me of, the, of what we need to do from time to time is to find periods of seclusion and, and, and silence before God so we can really, really hear him. The times that we, we have so many thoughts in our heads, so many things coming against us, we just really need to get away somewhere and be quiet before God. Be still and know that I am God. And I believe that these two faithful women who were uh, faithful people, uh, God chose them because of their righteousness and because of their faithfulness. They were quiet before they were quiet. They, and they didn't draw attention to themselves, but they drew attention by their service to the king and to the coming king. And for the fact that Elizabeth recognizes that it is her Lord that it resides in the womb of her cousin is amazing to me. That, that she recognized and received her king before he was even born. Her heart was ready to receive the king. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty amazing because it doesn't doesn't say that the angel tells them that Jesus is coming no. even. So, but they are ready. Yes, they are ready. Yeah, in a state of readiness. So, uh, for me, it was so wonderful just to read those scriptures over and over again to see how many times the word time or, you know, God doesn't dwell in time, and we do. So, of course, we don't see things the way He does. You know, and. I just, I felt so encouraged not to judge things before their time. We don't see it all. We can't see clearly. But to trust that each of our times is in his hands. And, um, and during this season that can be so busy and so stressful and so rushing and to take the time, the most important thing we can do is receive our king. And be prepared to do that. And that takes time. So I encourage you all to take the time, to give yourselves the time, to take that seriously. And not to despise whatever time you are in. God is at work. He has chosen you. There's a time. Uh, The incarnation didn't happen so that we could just celebrate a baby's birth. The incarnation happened so that we could be free. That the king that we received in our hearts is continuously setting us free. And although we get to celebrate Jesus' birthday and we, we get caught up in the festivities, well, and I believe we should, we, we should celebrate big time this event. But I think the, the gifts of Christmas has everything to do, do with redemption, restoration, and freedom. That's why Jesus came. 
And that's why God invited these three women into this great story of, of redemption. You know, he took Elizabeth and Anna and, and Mary and brought them in and wove them into this story to teach us something about getting ready to receive a king. So I hope today that that, uh, that got you a little bit closer, uh, that, that realizing that our times are in his hands, that there is a time and season for everything. And everything that we're walking through, every mountain that we're facing, every obstacle that is in our way, we are redeemed people. We are people that are being restored continuously and made into new creations. We have a God who loves us desperately and passionately and continues to pursue us with his great love. And that is the Christmas message. That is the gospel. And... I just love the, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying just getting into the story again. You know, just finding out more about these wonderful women and their great love for, for God. It inspires me and it, it, it teaches me something fresh and anew. And uh, we're praying that, that, that this series will do this as we continue this series. But let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for these wonderful women that you wove into this story that, of redemption. I pray that our hearts will receive a king throughout this, not just the Christmas season, but throughout our lives. That every day we will make room. We will make room for you to, to dwell within us, to live and abide in us. So we ask, Father, that you would empty anything. You would clean out our rooms. You would clean out the closets. You would clean out every aspect of our heart. Those pockets of sorrow that we're talking about. That you would remove them from our heart and so we can make room for you. We invite you in. We invite you in, in again and again to occupy our heart, to, to live there, to redeem it further and further, to restore it further and further, and to free it completely. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed.